Welcome, everybody, back once again to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham Deweese, and with me today is Brian the Soul Man. Solak, how's it going? It's going great, Abraham. How are you? It's going great. Well, my it's going even greater for me. Thing, <laughs> okay, things, are, things are going good and goodly enough. So I'm <laughs> quite happy, quite content. All right, what what are we going to talk about today? There's a lot going on. Uh, I wanted to talk about Marie Callender's, a place that okay. you used to work at Northgate, but nobody's going to find that interesting. Um, so we'll, <laughs> we'll instead we'll instead talk about something uh, much more interesting. That's the Everett Aqua Sox, uh, because you know what, the Seattle Mariners, uh, we we've actually been told by Matthew Page himself, who's not here today, um, that they don't care about winning. So let's talk about a team that actually does care about winning in the Everett Aqua Sox. Um, I like that. What, uh, what have you seen this week? I mean, uh, last week on this very show, we talked about how all the stars are gone. Uh, uh, we're worried about regressing to the, to the average, but we were still in the lead in the West. And we are still in the lead in the West, but just like my Red Sox are blowing in the American League East, I feel the Aqua Sox have regressed to a point where I don't know if they'll, the top two teams make the playoffs. I don't know if we'll blow it that bad, but I can see us possibly losing the division lead here and we, we might get second place out of it to come, but, but at least go to the playoffs because like we talked about last week, all of our good players are gone, and they took our best pitcher over the weekend, Levi Stout. He got promoted to Arkansas. Congrats to him. But mm. this team has no offense and, and no pitching and no depth. And I, I get it. It's part of minor league baseball, and we're probably too spoiled. But I, I watched them play against – they're at Spokane this week, Tuesday and Wednesday night. Their offense has been lethargic. Pitching has been so-so, and I'm scared for this team, to be honest with you. All they got is Cade Marlowe, who was named Player of the Month of July. Congrats to him, but... Uh, yeah, before that, before we, yeah, before we go too much into Cade Marlowe, I just want to uh, loop back to Levi Stroud, because I thought, last I looked, I must have blinked, because I, I, I thought he was still with Everett, but you're saying his 6-1 and one record has bumped him up to the next level. Did that happen this week? It has it. I'm guessing it was probably Monday on the off day. He got, but he got promoted to Arkansas, and now we're back down to a bunch of single A players who got promoted. And we don't, um, except for like George Kirby and, and uh, I'm still going to call him Herbie Hancock. You know, it's Emerson Hancock, here, who Abraham interviewed on SalesPortunion.com. Um, but they're not. Hancock and Kirby are on pitch counts because of they're still young and they've had injury problems. And after that, there's not really anybody. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, I'm look, I just had to pull it up because I was trying to remember. So we, is Tim Elliott still here? Tim Elliott's there, but he's not, his numbers are not that great. Unless okay. trip, unless single A doesn't matter, but they don't uh, look that good. And let's, okay. Because, uh, Isaiah Campbell got bumped up, right? No injured. He got injured. I, Injured, injured, correct. And then one ten. Then he got every one ten hasn't pitched in several weeks. I don't know what they haven't said. At least I can't find an answer anywhere. Okay, so they're babying him, I assume. <clears throat> so, are then, they babying him then? 
They could be, yes. Uh, let's go to the offensive side. Probably. Of the- I mean, but I, I, I don't know why. You'd- okay. Yeah, let's go to the offensive side of the ball. So you were talk- you're about to go into Cade Marlowe, the player of the month. Uh, brought up from Modesto, I assume? He did back in January, not January, June. He was brought up and basically to take over Julio Rodriguez's spot. And the guys hit the ball. And, I and that say spot, is looked, that spot center field? Uh, right field. Right I mean, field, okay. He has played center and right field, but right field was Julio's spot. And he's led the, he, he led the league in July for, I believe it was on base percentage. And he was second in like doubles. And uh, I want to I want to say home runs and on base percentage and his numbers are phenomenal. I didn't realize that, but props to him. So now we saw him in Everett in 18 or 19. Uh, we would have seen him in 19. Yeah. Yeah. 2019. And then did you have, uh, as to your best of your recollection, cause the pandemic screwed up everybody's memory. <laughs> was he yeah. on your radar even back then? No, he was not. Okay. I, I don't remember even what round the guy was drafted in, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I remember him because I interviewed him. Um, That's right. Uh, I don't remember what round he was he was drafted in, but he went to uh, uh, the same college as some rapper called Little Nas X. Um, That's right. And it's West Georgia University. Um, and, yeah, I don't remember anything. I don't remember too much from that interview, but if you want to see it, go to seattlesportsunion.com and pull it up. Uh, I I'm going to do that after this call. Cause I, um, yeah, I remember interviewing him and then here he is back again. And then yesterday, uh, either you or the Aqua Sox posted that he made player of the month. And I'm like, Holy, Holy beans. How, how did this <laughs> yeah. happen? And it's like, it's because I think I was like you, I, I thought he was a nice guy. Um, here, I just pulled it up. He was a 20th round pick. Um, okay. so that would have been in the parlance of, Baseball today, that's kind of like an afterthought. Um, and uh, uh, it's great to see him killing it. Speaking of killing yeah. it, what about Jake and Chia? Jake and Chia is... Uh, we briefly talked about him last week, but we had to move on to this topic. But the, he's been hitting the ball ever since he got... I don't know if it's a demotion or what, but he was in Arkansas, which is in double A, and they moved him down, but ever since he's been stroking the ball, he's got 12 home runs and an OPS of close to 800. What was, <sighs> was that an attempt to get, was that an attempt to get Carter bins up? I believe that would be a good assumption. Yes. Is that um, okay? Is that normal? Say, Carter bins proved himself in 2019, at least defensively. That was a better he had more of a future than Jake Kenshi. I hate to say it. I know. I think Jake was drafted in 2018, but I, I, I'm I'm pulling for the kid. I mean, but I see him more as a journeyman if he does make it up to the big leagues as a backup. So, okay. So Jake Kenshi, though, um, do you think this is his kind of lot? Is just to be farmhand for a little while? Correct. Correct. And he might be a throw in on a trade, a future trade, if he can, you know, continue to climb the ladder. But I, I, I see him just more being of a career minor leaguer. Unfortunately, I, nice kid. I mean, I hope to meet him someday. But I've read lots of things about him, and I believe his dad's like a, a fire marshal or something in um, hmm. Miami. He's pretty high up there. So props to him. I remember he's from Nova Southeastern and uh, university. And I, I remember that being significant because there's a couple other uh, Mariner prospects that are from that same pipeline. 
I'm trying to remember who right now, but I can't. But yeah, we were going to interview him in 2018, but he had, he, he had actually left Everett, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Before we ever got, got down to it and he went to West Virginia power. Um, That's but yeah, right. he's still, he's still kind of at this level. West Virginia was high A like we are, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So he's yep. still kind of at this level after these years. So, uh, yeah, maybe not much there, but he's doing well right now. Yeah, he is. He's done. Yeah. He's, I mean, he said he's hit, hitting the ball and I mean, his, his numbers don't indicate it, but he's hitting the ball. He's called a good game defensively. And did you mention something to the effect of, um, uh, did you mention something to the effect that there is a new broadcast situation that tall Tom is back? I, I thought somebody mentioned he is that. tall Tom, the voice of, yeah, he did. He came back. I want to say a week. Yeah, a week ago Thursday, and I went to the game, and just to hear his voice was great. Because I mean, I know we work for the Aqua Sox, but the replacement for Tall Tom was, was nothing close to Tall Tom. I don't know. Steve Wiltis. His name is Mark. Steve Wiltis. No, Steve Wiltis is Wiltis is on field MC, and he and he does oh. the, the 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 announcing on the road because um, Pat. Dylan only does home games now. Um, but back to the announcer, the, the substitute announcer they had for Tall Tom wasn't just wasn't Tall Tom. In fact, without being too mean, the, the tall the substitute announcer worked this past Sunday's game and he, he wished Steve Willits a happy birthday on the field. And it's not Steve's birthday till November. <laughs> <laughs> Steve was very professional about it, but that's just one of the many mistakes that this guy has made he's not tall tom and, we, and we've all missed him so it's good to have him back even if it isn't full time <laughs> very cool uh yeah. got a couple names here since we're overturning uh we're, we're turning over the roster and i i see these names like uh, and i've heard these names from you uh kaden polkovich and victor labrata um who are they and what should aquasox fans know um, Kaden Polkovich was finally promoted to Arkansas was last week. He's like a second base shortstop center fielder type player. He's a small kid, but he hits for power and has oh, like 10 plus home runs this year, 16 stolen bases, OPS of well over 800. Um, he, he played at the, uh, Oklahoma state when we drafted him in the third round in 2019 um my wife has a hot rim i'll just say that she'll never admit it but that's her favorite <laughs> player so if you listen to this honey i'm just speaking the truth but i'm okay with it <laughs> son, um, son of former pittsburgh pirate uh, kevin bulkovich too right yes yes I, I was gonna ask you where he played where his dad played I, I couldn't remember but that you are correct on that he played like for 10 years in the majors i quite he's like a utility guy, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know if uh, I'm just pulled him up. I don't know if it's yeah, it wasn't a full tenure, but I mean, he, he was a he, he he was there, he was there. He, people have heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, you make the majors. That's impressive. Yeah, more so, more than I did. I did. Right, congrats to Caden for being promoted. And then what about uh, what what about the other uh, person, uh, Victor Labrada? Do you have much on him? 
I know he's playing outfield. Uh, I think he came up. Didn't he come up from? Uh... Oops, we may have we may have uh, a frozen Brian. Oh, oh, there you are. Okay. Anyway, it sounds like Brian is frozen right now. Um, we'll wait for him to come back. But yeah, uh, Victor Labrada, Cuban, uh, came to came to the uh, came to this team uh, through not not through the draft, but through other means. And yeah, he's he's doing well. I think. I mean, he's got a two seventy nine batting average, and I just hadn't heard of him until uh, I went to the game the other day and saw him. Hey, it looks like we got Brian back. Brian's on mute, but it looks like we got him back. So just hit the mute, just hit the mute button, Brian, and you'll be back online. Um, but yeah, uh, got a chance on Friday of last week to to see the guy, and he looked pretty good. I I, I enjoyed him, and uh, he's, uh, I, I'm I'm trying to figure out if he was uh, a call up. That's what I'm trying to see if uh, we can get Brian back online here. So we got you, Brian. All right. Looks like uh, Brian's still having technical issues. Um, hopefully he can get he, back. He there you are. Hooray. Yep. Okay. It looks like we lost Brian again. Um, well, uh, well, when we get Brian back, we'll we'll bring it up. And uh, in the meantime, I'm just going to go ahead and move on to the next uh, subject while uh, Brian's working out his issue issues with the internet. Um, Seattle Seattle Seahawks. What are they? What are they all about? Who are they all about? Um, I I got to see a lot of articles about them, and uh, looks like we got Brian back. I'm back again. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. We're just moving on to Seattle Seahawks. They all they right. started training camp. We got to hear a lot of feedback. We've read a lot of articles on these guys. And I just want to see what uh, I got I got some my I got some thoughts about the cornerbacks. I wanted to see what you thought uh, as far as the Seahawks cornerbacks and uh, how they're shaping up. Um if they can stay healthy uh, on paper, I think we got a decent crew. I mean uh, who are they saying Witherspoon and DJ Reed are supposed to be the starting cornerbacks? Yeah, and, and Witherspoon, I think, is the one you're referring to as far as staying healthy because that's something he wasn't able to do in uh, correct in 49er land. But uh, yeah, those are the two prospective starters. Exactly. And, and as for depth, though, I'm not. Uh, I don't know how, how how excited we can really be. I mean, we got trade around the draft pick, Ugo Amadi. Trey Flowers, who nobody seems to like anymore. So it's hard to say to have any faith in him just yet. I don't know. How about you? Yeah, I kind of, I, I, I kind of feel like uh, Trey Williams is going to do well. He's the draft pick out of Oklahoma, um, but I, 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 I don't know what's going on if they have to take Ugo Amadi out of the nickelback spot, um, if they have to take Marquise Blair out of the safety spot. Those two guys aren't going to make it as safeties. There's no <laughs> nowhere to go with yeah. Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs, right? I mean, 
You're you're correct. Um, I hope they can convert to Nickelback. You know, well, obviously Amadi can do Nickelback, but Blair needs to find something to do, and maybe see if he can be a backup cornerback or something. Because I don't. Is he is he healthy from his injury last year? I, I haven't read how yeah. he looking. He was on the feet. He was okay. on the field. Um, we'll see how that works out. Um, okay. But I kind of wonder if this is more a matter of how good the rest of the defense is. Like maybe, what do you think? Like maybe we can be okay with average cornerbacks if the rest of the defense is good. I, I like where you're going here. I mean. If our defensive line, I mean, we got a lot of, it seems like we have a lot of new faces on the defensive line. And, uh, yeah, I, about, I about that defense, about that defensive line, I was reading some uh, articles where they state that this is a bad defensive line. This is a bad defense. And wow. I'm trying to figure out how, where, <laughs> like, where are you getting this? I mean, uh, uh, let's get to the defensive line in a sec, in a second here. Um, as a whole, I thought the defense was a lot better in the last five or six games than they were in the first 10 games. Absolutely. Once they got Carlos Dunlap, in fact, I think the yeah. second half of the season were a hell of a lot better than the first half. And they, they were able to get to the quarterback and they got healthier as the season went along. I don't know what these people are thinking. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot of, a lot of hooey by some of these people who just haven't been paying attention. I think what they do is they look at the aggregate score of the, uh, you know, defensive rankings, but you have to remember that historically they were historically bad in the first five or six weeks. Defensively. They were terrible. Oh, that, that was such a, that was so bad to watch. And like you said, I mean, they went and got Dunlap. They got Jamal Adams and automatically they were a lot better. Hundred mm-hmm. percent better. In fact, I mean, I know they're not the best defense in the league, but they were hundred percent better than they what they were playing. So, yep. and, and if they can stay healthy going into the season, I, I, I don't see why they can't do you know succeed. So, aren't there other teams that have average defenses but a good offense overcomes it? Yeah, um, that's a good question though. Just yeah, the Chiefs. The Chiefs last year, for example. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean that's a prime example. Um, you know, it's not everybody has, I mean, defense does win championships, but I mean, not always true. It doesn't always happen that way. Um, sometimes you have an offensive team that wins and, um, yeah, but, um, let's, let's go back to defensive line. Uh, they lost Jaron Reed, but they added, uh, Alden Smith, um, rookies, Daryl Taylor and Alton Robinson are back. Uh, they didn't. They didn't make any impact in the uh, Alton Robinson a little bit, but uh, uh, Daryl Taylor was out for most of the season. Um, throw in Dunlap, throw in Hyder. I mean, Kerry Hyder. I mm-hmm. think it's a better defensive line than it was last year. Absolutely. Is. Um, I, I'm excited for, well, obviously the players you just said, but you didn't mention Puna Ford. I think Puna Ford's is, come into his own or left defensive tackle and isn't he taking over for what's his face you, you said Reed. just left Jaron Reed, yeah. yeah yeah and I, I think putting a forward he knows a little bit smaller in size I think he's gonna do he should do a great job not just what they say but just from watching highlights of the guy I think he, he's a real deal he's coming into his own um Hyder 
was he a former 49er? But, a former uh, 49er, I, solid guy. I mean, solid guy, yeah. And I feel and, like this team is more built on edge rushing. And my thought is, you got Dunlap on one side. Don't you just need one other person to hit? Like absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Who's and then who's who's Cedric Gladimer? We got did we get him from the Niners too? I don't remember where he came from. Okay, um, it's all these new faces, but I'm also excited about Daryl Taylor. You brought up his name, yeah. and I know he, he hasn't played on the field, but they're saying a lot of great things about him. And I'm excited to watch Taylor and Robinson this year in season two. And is there any I, one of those defense great? Is there any one of those you expect to be a success that you think will from, be the most, the, that you think they'll be from those two, two, from those two young guys or, in or general? even including DHK Smith, uh, Ford, anybody else? Um, who's there? Who's their key? I mean, Dunlap's I, key, but I mean like other than Dunlap. I, I, the question I, I, if Puna Ford could come through, like I was just talking about, I, I think him and Dunlap together are going to be, be a force on that line. And, Everything else is going to fall into place. We got the bet one of the best safeties in the league, Jamal Adams, and Diggs is pretty damn good as well. And everything's just going to fall into place. I think we're going to have one of the better defenses, in, at least in the in the NFC. Yeah, I'm feeling stay, I'm feeling pretty healthy. positive about it. Jamal Adams, do you do you pay him what he wants? He's yes, kind of holding out right now. Yes, you do. I, I don't know what he wants, so I mean, I haven't really read exact you know accurate reports, but. They have they pay these salary cap guys for a reason, and I don't see why we can't figure out a contract to get get this guy what he wants. I mean, I know Mr. Page who's not here tonight, but he always talks about oh how he should be a linebacker, but bullshit. I think the guy who plays a great safety and he's all over the field. The guy that now is one of the better trades we've made in a long time, and we need to pay keep this guy in Seattle for the next five six years. Yeah, there's a problem with people. Uh, yeah, it's Matt Page, by the way, uh, <laughs> who, who say that a the dra- the the trade of three draft picks was unacceptable. Uh, dude, it's a year later. We can't worry about this anymore. <laughs> like yep. that's a, what's yep. done is done. Whether whether you like it or not, it, it's happened. Now exactly. the question is. Uh, do you pay him or do you tell him to leave? If you tell him to leave, you're just give you just giving up all those draft picks. Um, mm-hmm. So I think you're kind of forced to pay, regardless of what you, you know, regardless of what um, uh, has happened in the past. I mean, it, it just if you if he walks, this defense is that much worse. Absolutely. And as for the conversation about uh, as for the conversation about. Um, uh, you know, moving to linebacker because that's, that's what he is, guys. He's a linebacker. Okay, well, I don't know. What are you doing? Are you, like, you know, in the baseball parlance? Or are you telling, uh, you know, are you telling uh, Derek Jeter to move to third base? Uh, probably should have, but yeah. they didn't because did. a leader, which, by the way, all these advanced metrics don't seem to understand, uh, that a leader is an intangible and Jamal Adams is a leader. So do you pay for a leader? I say yes. Do you force a leader to play out of position? No. I mean, you you can't. It doesn't work like that. Um, that, that that's the Yeah, that that just doesn't work. It's re, uh, going back to baseball. That's like telling Mike Piazza you need to be a first baseman. They don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, good point. Very good point. Um, <laughs> now, do you do you want a lead? And he was a leader. And do you force him to play first base? No, you can't. You can you force absolutely not Jamal Adams play linebacker? Matt Matt Page? No, you can't. <laughs> so Adam, regardless Adam of what Matt Page, Mark, regardless of what he wants, it's not going to happen. No. Um, <laughs> have you heard anything out of uh, Week One? Uh, here in training camp that makes that makes your ears perk up to be honest no i i know i don't pay attention to the news that often ah, but I well you need to because uh apparently there's some shenanigans going around about offensive lineman Dwayne brown like he might be holding out oh i did i did miss that then i did yeah you gotta check, up, you gotta, you gotta, everybody you gotta keep your eye out for this one because that could be a problem because i think there's this myth there, there's this myth uh, perpetuated by Russell Wilson, by the way. Okay. That this is the worst offensive line in the history of the universe. I disagree. You know, I, I don't know. I what do you think? Too. I mean, well, you heard about that, right? Russell Wilson was saying that the offensive line wasn't good enough. We talked about this. Yeah, many this very times. Short. Yeah. I don't think that's the case. I, I don't, I'm not saying like, I'm not saying like this in the 1991, you know, Washington Redskins, the Hogs, but, the same chapped liver, Dwayne Brown's not terrible. Right? Damian Lewis isn't terrible. Correct. We've, we've, no. Whoever, the, the new, the Gabe Jackson's actually one of the, he's actually supposedly going to be one of what I've heard. Um, Yeah, uh, you broke up. You broke up there a little bit, but oh, I think I understand. Hey, what... I know. I think Matthew Page isn't like me. Either we'll pick him again. Yeah. Uh, so you're breaking up a little bit, Brian. But I think we get the point. Matthew Matthew Page is wrong, and uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, this offensive line. They added Gabe Jackson. I don't think he's that great, but he's not terrible. And I think the excuses need to stop. The excuses need to stop about this being a terrible offensive line because we do see Russell Wilson run into a lot of sacks. Um, in the yep. passing game, he is, he. Is guy asked here, maybe Jackson as he plays. Uh, looks like uh, looks like you're still breaking up there, Brian. Uh, I'm back now. If you can hear me, there you go. Yeah. Uh, what were you saying? I was just commenting. Uh, is Gabe Jackson going to be playing left guard? Have they said, or are they going to move Robinson over there? Or whoever McIntosh? What's Damien's name? Damien Lewis. 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 Thank you. Um, they're they're yeah. Gabe Jackson's going to play his natural position, and they'll move Lewis. Is what okay? Is what I read. Um, what what have we seen yet? I don't. Uh, we'll find out on Sunday when they do their first mock game. But, um, okay. yeah, when, when we actually see pads on them, uh, we'll find that out. Right on. Um, what do you think about the new offensive coordinator, Shane Walden? I guess we'll wait and see how the preseason goes and what the first game of the season goes. I mean, I, I, I like what they say about the short passing game. Long story short, because I, I don't want to break up again, but, and he's young and he, 
and but until we see the stats and and how well Russell and his team can do, I I really can't give a rating on this kid yet. I mean, I, I, I don't have a full opinion on him just yet. I guess. Yeah. Um. I read an article today in the Times. Are you a fan? I read an article today in the Times, and it stated that the offense is having a hard time adjusting. And I think that's going to be something to keep an eye on because it's a brand new system. It's a brand new way of doing things. Um, will Pete Carroll meddle like he did with Schottenheimer? Um, there, there's a lot of things going on here and it's worth keeping an eye on, but there is talent on this offense. And again, I don't believe this is a terrible offensive line. So um, I, it, there's no reason why they shouldn't be a top 10 offense. Too many players, too many weapons. Speaking of weapons, um, I was taking a look at the uh, wide receiver position. We all know DK Metcalf. We all know Tyler Lockett. Um, My first impression was there's a lot of nobodies at the third receiver position. What do you think, Brian? Like you said, there's a lot of nobodies. Freddie Swain's in his second year. I I know he did pretty well last year but he's better as a number four and number five so yeah I, i'm not a fan of him just yet to move up in the pecking order and then the new guy Dwayne eskridge I can't think, thank you I, I i can't really raid the guy yet so i personally the number three receiver should be a veteran and i don't see anybody there who's going to fill the slot just yet. it might be more of a two wide receiver game and we're using our tight ends more this year in, in my first thoughts Yeah, I think the depth is sorely lacking. It's a top-heavy squad. Um, I I don't like people telling me, um, this Parkinson guy, he's got potential. This, this, uh, you know, Dwayne Eskridge, he has potential. Um, You know, potential never paid the bills or put food on the table. So Mm -hmm. I I don't, you know. (laughs) Exactly. Every every guy that's been drafted has potential, so yep. I, 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 yeah, I need to see something. I wish they kept David Moore. That was a much better number three uh, receiver. All right, couple more items here. Let's go a little bit across the NFL. Um, are you excited about Urban Meyer down there in Jacksonville, being the head coach? I'm interested to see how he's going to do converting, you know, jumping from college to to the NFL. The guy's got a hell of a mind, and it just makes me think of Nick Saban and how he didn't really, in my opinion, adjust to the NFL, and he jumped right back into college. So it's – I think Urban Meyer's got a better head on his shoulders maybe. I know he screwed up at Ohio State. I don't remember what what happened, and we're not going to get into that, but – Obviously, anybody can make that Jacksonville team a better team, so he's going to make them at least fun to watch with Trevor Lawrence at quarterback and whoever they have on that team now. Oh, your buddy Tim Tebow, but... Uh, is he my buddy? I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, I'm joking. You know that. I'm going to smart ass. Oh, well, well see, so you got to at least get the people I hate down properly. <laughs> Again, you forget Matt Page is the one who hates Tim Tebow. You're correct. You're so correct. you got you got yeah, you got to if you're going to pick on me, pick on me for Daniel Vogelbach or something like that. All don't, right. Don't pick on enough. me for you, last week you went after you were like Evan White, your buddy Evan White. I'm like I don't care about Evan White. 
No, no, <laughs> yeah, pick on the guys that I actually care about, like like Daniel Vogelbach, who yeah. I turned out to be right about, by the way. Everybody, you are, yes, you are, you were right. And speaking of <laughs> another thing that I think I'm going to be right about is I think Urban Meyer is not going to do well. Um, I don't see, yeah, and you brought up the perfect example in Nick Saban. Um, I don't see where a mentality like Urban Meyer's will work in the NFL. Um, maybe, maybe if you just purge the team, because I mean, when Pete Carroll came here, he, he was running in the same issue. And what they do here in Seattle, they got rid of everybody, yeah. every veteran, get out of here. Because what they, what they wanted to do was to uh, have young guys just out of college who would listen to Pete Carroll. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that kind of backfired after a couple of years, you know, like, <laughs> then, you know, you got Earl Thomas mouthing off, and, uh, Richard Sherman mouthing off after a couple of contracts. And, um, but you know, like, I don't know, like, if, uh, if I look at the Jacksonville team and I see some players on there that weren't happy with the previous regime, I don't know where a rookie coach, he's a rookie in the NFL, um, uh, <laughs> is going to do much good. Uh, purge the team of any bad apples is what I say. Otherwise it's not going to work. Um, yeah. is this a Packers situation getting get out of, getting out of control? I mean, what was the deal with them drafting a quarterback last year? I mean, I get, I guess they're, the, I, I don't personally, I don't see the guy that they drafted is, is their future, but maybe they thought they're building for the future. I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses for ownership, but I think, uh, dipshit quarterback is just making a big deal out of nothing. He, he was, their, he's their starting quarterback Rogers until he starts to suck. The guy, but the guy's, the guy's not a bad quarterback and he's going to play till he's 40. And I think green Bay would have kept him till he was 40. had he continued to produce. And I, I just think there's too much drama in there. I know you guys, you're, I'm, I want to hear from you because you're partial ownership of the team, but Oh, I don't, I, I, yeah, I'm a little bit on the other side. I don't know what management's up to unless they made up. All I can think of is they made up their minds that he's not going to be with them. Yeah. Because drafting a quarterback in the first round, like you said, Jordan, Jordan love, he doesn't reek of star potential. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Um, You could have drafted somebody in the fourth round or something. Exactly. Third round, you know, um, yep. you know, and, and you can pass that off as, you know, like, ah, oh, we're just, just in case you never know, you know, um, yep. first round, that means you intend to make him a starter and any team True. that, any team that, any team that drafts and I've criticized this mer- the Seahawks about this, any team that drafts in the first round and says, well, oh, well, we just got him to be like a position guy. No, you draft in the first round for mm-hmm. a star is what you do. You know, um, or at least yeah. a solid, you know, uh, B plus player, that kind of thing. All right, last hey, real, real quick though, back to Rogers being drafted in the first round because my memory is terrible. But how many years before he was starting? Did they keep Favre for a few more years? Or, yeah, they did. Or, okay. Yeah, so, so I mean, what you're saying is correct. It's like it's almost like he uh, he learned from Favre how to how to cry and complain. 
there's the drum you need to have the drums there but yeah copy that <laughs> oh that wasn't a joke i'm being serious he learned oh okay uh, he learned how to crank and play from Favre, who got his way and left town um, that's true so yeah no um yeah last last one here before we uh sign off for the evening uh carson wentz is injured jacob eason will be the backup um i mean a similar situation might happen here in minnesota uh kirk cousins being replaced by a Husky quarterback, uh, Browning due to injury. Um, but I, I think it's a little bit different for the Colts. Doesn't it feel like the Colts were on this upward trend? And then, oh, first of all, what do you think about them getting Carson Wentz in the first place? And then what do you think about this injury? Because they are, I think, our first home opponent. Or we're, we're on, I think we're on the road for them, but either way. Oh, we're on the road. Okay, sorry. Is, yeah. Um, Indianapolis, I, I thought they had a great team on defense. I thought they had some pieces on offense. I, um, what's his face? Frank Reich, the coach is a great up and coming coach. He's proven it over the years. He's done his diligence being a quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, I believe, um, getting Carson Wentz, if he was healthy, I thought was a, in my opinion, was a decent pick until they can, you know, draft somebody and mold them into a future quarterback, Carson Wentz proved himself in Philly before he got hurt. I, I thought, and if he, if he, I, I felt bad, honestly, when I heard he got hurt, but I also did laugh too, because I guess I'm not shocked. Oh, this is third so injury. I thought now, it was yeah. a good move on their part. Yeah. That's what yeah. I was thinking too. It's like, this is his third entry. Like you guys kind of, <laughs> uh, you knew what you were getting. Why, why did you go all in on Carson Wentz? Um, I would have exactly. probably tried to take, cause I'm not a big J- Jacob Eason fan. I, I think I would have tried to look elsewhere, you know, just bring his mid quarterbacks in, see who the best one is and try to go that route. I understood. All right. Let's go ahead and do our, let's go ahead and do our, uh, shout outs on the way out of this, uh, show this week. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start and I just want to do, okay. I want to do a quick, a quick shout out to. All, all the Mariner faithful, all three of them that might be left. Um, I, I know I'm one. Uh, so there's two others out there who, who still, you know, believe that the home, the hometown nine will someday win, but it's not this year because, uh, because of, yeah, things. Yeah. And Matt Page, Matt Page derailed this season. He did. <laughs> uh, how about you? Who's your shout out for? Uh, um, Quick shout out to Bellingham Bells. They had us up there last weekend. Um, thank you, Stephanie, for your hospitality. Thank you, Malachi Knight. He's a 18 year old up and coming star who's going to CLA. He gave us an interview, which we should hopefully have posted this weekend on salesportunion.com. Um, and I, rest in peace to a couple people, real quick. Former Astro pitcher J.R. Richard, who was huge back in our day when we were growing up as kids there abraham i'm sure you remember him and june doherty former husky and wazoo women's basketball coach who who passed away earlier this week both of them rest in peace all right well thank you everybody for joining us this week my name is abraham deweese this was brian this old man Solak. check out all our great content on seattlesportsunion.com as well check us out at seattle sports you on twitter as well check us out uh, on Facebook, like us on Facebook. And all the great podcasts are here on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, 
and posted throughout the ether and the universe. We'll see you guys next week with our very special guest star, Jason Churchill. Woohoo! <laughs>